Hashem. We are learning a just a, a magnificent jewel of a sicha. It's short, it's beautiful, it's inspiring, and um, I think it's just what we all need at this point in Yom Tif to, uh, you know, give us the bomb, <laughs> B-A-L-M, that we could all use at this point. Um, we're learning as we do. Farav Yosef Yitzchak ben Sima Chasya should have Rafua Shalema Ukreva. This is on Zeis Habracha, and we are beginning forthwith. Aleph. Be'inyan hachiluk ben Bechias bnei Yisrael al Moshe Rabenu libchiyasam al Aaron Akayin l'achri Yisal Kusam. So regarding the difference of literally Bechias means the crying, but it means the mourning. The, the mourning that B'nai Yisrael um, engaged in and expressed uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu passed, juxtaposed on the mourning that took place for the passing of Aaron Akayin, Shal Aaron Mar, regarding Aaron, the Torah says, Vayifku kol beis Yisrael, the whole house of Israel cried, Va'al Moshe Ksiv Vayifku B'nai Yisrael, but by Moshe, it doesn't say kol base Yisrael, it says b'nei Yisrael. And regarding this difference, matzinu shnei pirushim, we find there are two ways of approaching this. There are two ways of understanding this in the Mepharshim. Aleph, one approach is that kasher nistalik aren, harei mepnei bechias Moshe al aren, bachu kulam lechvedai v'yerasai. One approach is that when Aaron passed away, because Moshe engaged in such a level of crying and mourning, therefore, in like almost in solidarity with Moshe, in his honor, in, in, in the reverence that they had for Moshe, everybody else cried. Seeing Moshe in such a state of mourning precipitated a national state of mourning. Masha'in came, but in contradistinction, Lachrim, Misas Moshe, after Moshe passed, Shalai Haya Gadol Kemoshe Shabacha, Leibacho Ela Anashim. But because um, when Moshe passed, there was nobody of the stature of Moshe to cry for him. And therefore, the men cried, but not the whole nation, not the women. That's one approach. Bez, the other approach, and this is the approach that Rashi brings down. Al Moshe Bahu Rak Hazakharin. For Moshe, only the males mourned. Masha Inkin Ba'arain, but when it comes to Aaron, Shahaya Raidif Shalom Venaisin Shalom bin Ishlare Ayu bin Isha Labaila, Nemar Chol Basis Rol Zakharim Unikebis. But in contradistinction by Aaron, because Aaron was known to not only be a peaceful person, but to pursue peace and to effectuate peace between people and between a woman and her husband. And therefore, this precipitated uh, a national mourning that included both the males and the females. It included everyone. So in analyzing these two approaches as to the difference between the mourning from after after Moshe's death to, to Aaron's death, um, we find, according to the first 
explanation, that when the Torah says about Moshe that and here means the sons, meaning the males, um, and not all of the, of the house of Israel, like after Aaron, so this seems to express the exaltedness of Moshe. That Moshe was um, basically irreplaceable. He did not leave behind somebody that was as great as him, whose mourning would set into motion a national state of mourning. But in contradistinction, um, but according to the second explanation, it's on the, on the contrary. It's the opposite thing. Not only is it not showing us the greatness of Moshe, but it teaches that Moshe had a deficit. By Moshe, there wasn't um, this, this modality that Aaron exhibited and that Aaron was was involved in and somehow this was missing in Moshe and therefore the morning after Moshe's passing was not as intense and was not as global as was the morning after Aaron passed away so according to the first interpretation the focus is on the greatness of Moshe and in the second interpretation the focus is on the greatness of Aaron Vitamua. And this is a wonder. This causes us to, to, to wrinkle our, our, our brows and ask. Move on, Dafka. It seems logical that the, the part of the Torah that deals with Maisha's departure from this world should focus on his great attributes. I mean, after all, that that is natural. That when you're mourning a particular person, you focus on that person's greatness. And like we see in these psukim, the last few psukim of Zeis Habracha, it talks all about the greatness of Moshe. Moshe lekasa enayv. His eyes didn't dim. He didn't lose his physical power and prowess. And there was never another prophet like Moshe amongst Israel. And then it talks about all of the signs and the wonders. And his great hand. And, um, you know, you can't even mention these psukim without making reference to the Rebbe's iconic sicha about um in the last words of the Torah, Yashik, that Rashi says, Yashikrecha Moshe's great love for Bnei Yisrael, that he was ready to even break the luchos for them. So the whole, this whole part of of the Torah, especially and specifically of this parsha, deals with the greatness of Moshe, the Imkain, and if so, Ma Mokim Kan Lahad Goshazu Sheitzel Moshe Loi Nimtza Shleimus Hamaylo Shalavo Shalom Kiva Aaron. So where does it fit in? It's just out of place for something in this part of the Torah, in this Parsha, where we deal with Moshe's death, and we're talking about his spectacular greatness, 
to mention something that underscores a deficit. And what was that? That he didn't bring peace to people like Aaron did. Base. And this is especially kind of uh, troublesome or disconcerting or a wonder. Besim Lev, when you pay attention, when you look at the exact order of what Rashi does on this on these words, and here the Rebbe cites Rashi in total. B'nai Yisrael, the Dibra Hamasil is B'nai Yisrael. Rashi says, Hascharim, Aval Ba'arain, but regarding Arain, Mitoich Shahayaraydif Shalom and Isin Shalom ben Ishlareyu ben Ishalabayla, but because Aaron was a person that pursued peace and he put a tremendous amount of time and effort into bringing peace between people and between a woman and her husband, Nemar Chol Beis Yisrael Zcharim Unakedvis. There it says, by Aaron's passing, Chol Beis Yisrael, which implies both the males and the females. Ulech and seemingly. Im Kavanas Rashi Rak Letaritz Ma Ba'aren Nemar Chol Beis Yisrael. If Rashi's only intention would be to point out that there's a difference in the terminology, and here it says B'nai Yisrael, and by Aaron it says Beis Yisrael, and it also says Chol Beis Yisrael, so Rashi should have begun his perush with this detail. In other words, he should have started with focusing on the difference in the terminology and teased out for us, parse the text and tell us what this means. And only after telling us what the difference is, and how by Aaron, whole base Israel includes both the males and the females. Afterwards, Levaratam, then he should give us the reason. But Rashi doesn't do that. But Rashi leads with basically training the spotlight on Aaron. And he does so in elongated fashion. And this is especially noteworthy that Rashi doesn't mince words here. And in general, Rashi is very, very careful with his wording. And here he's wordy, he's verbose. And this is especially noteworthy because he's already explained this earlier when Aaron passed away. He explains that whole basis means all the males and the females and why this is so. So mashma, we understand from this, Shekavanas Rashi, the Rashi's intention here, It's not just to explain why over here only B'nai Yisrael mourned, but by leading not only with how it was different by Aaron, but why it was different by Aaron, it seems that Rashi wants to express and to underscore the special feature, the exaltedness of Aaron, the Imkain, and if so, Tamoa. So we're left with our wonder. Mara Rashi Laharich Khan, Benin Histalkus Moshe, Dafka Babir Hefach Malose Shal Moshe, Legabe Aaron. Again, why would the Torah and Rashi 
in elongated fashion, right here, surrounding the departure of Moshe from this world, Dafke here discuss something that is a myla, a virtue that is missing by Moshe. The Ein Letarets, and you can't explain this way by saying, Adraba, no, this particularly is a place to do it. Because we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu and his greatness. So the Torah has to teach us, because the Torah is setting Moshe up as exhibit A for this spectacular person whose greatness was never replicated. So therefore, Dafka here, the Torah does have to remind us that when it comes to this particular virtue, this is something that Moshe was missing. And we can't... Um, we can't satisfy ourselves with the level of Abbas Yisrael that Moshe showed, but rather, but rather for this, we have to go to Aaron to learn what to do. But the Rebbe says, you can't, you can't explain it this way. Why? Because simply speaking, because it would seem logically, this is not the place. I mean, you go to a funeral and the person gets up and you think they're going to give a eulogy about the person whose casket is, is, is in the front of the room. No, they start to speak about somebody else. Like, yeah, it's it's possible that this other person is very, 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 very great, but this is not the place. When we call them, move on. So from all this is understood, that as we are learning, as the Torah is teaching us about the departure of Moshe Rabbeinu from this world, it is absolutely imperative to know the difference between Moshe and Aaron, inclusive of the, this way in which Aaron was greater than Moshe. And we need to understand why. What is the imperative? And that's why here the Pasuk once again underscores Vayifku Vinay Yisrael as Mesha. It could have said Vayifku Yisrael as Mesha. No, it says Vayifku Binay Yisrael as Mesha. That the men among Israel mourned for Mesha Valkach Mivar Migala Rashi. Rashi explains and Rashi reveals Shekavana Sakosul Lirameis Baza Al Malase Shal Arin Lagabe Mesha that the intention of the Pasuk is to underscore the greatness of Aaron on or juxtaposed against Moshe Rabbeinu. She'etzle'i that it's specifically by Aaron, hiskayem ha'inin shalreitif shalom v'neisin shalom ben ish l'reeu ben ish that Aaron was the one who had this great feature of pursuing peace and bringing peace between uh persons in general, and between couples in particular. Gimel. So we have to understand what is the imperative, since logically it seems out of place, but it's clear that the Torah goes out of its way to bring something to our attention. What is it that the Torah wants to bring to our attention? Gimel. The Yuvan, and we'll understand the lesson here, by prefacing 
הטעם שלא מצינו במאמרי חז"ל, שמשה נוהג באהבה השלום בין איש לרעהו ובין איש לבעילה, כמו שמצינו בארן. First we have to understand why in fact we don't find that Chazal taught us that Moshe Rabbeinu was engaged in bringing peace between people and between couples. Why indeed was that not something that seems to have been a focus of Moshe Rabbeinu? Move on up, Pashut. It's very clear and simple. But it can't be, God forbid, that this bespeaks a deficit in Avas Yisrael on the part of my Sharbenu. Va'adarabah, on the contrary, it's very well known, my Sharbenu ayiv Yisrael haya, haroya hanemon shal klal Yisrael. We all know the very, very famous Medrash that teaches us that my Sharbenu was chosen because of the sensitivity and the care that he showed every single sheep in the flock when he shepherded the flocks of Yisrael. And it was this characteristic that marked him as the Roya Ne'eman, the faithful shepherd of Klal Yisrael. He wasn't just concerned, I, I, I've heard Rabbi Kalarski use this term many times, with Klal Yisrael, but he was concerned with Reb Yisrael, with each individual. So we know that this was a characteristic of Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the Roya Nemosh of Klal Yisrael, the Chol Echad Ve'echad Mi Yisrael, Asher Dag Lohem Lechol Tzarchehem, and he worried about all their needs. Hein Tzarchehem Haruchaniyim, he worried about their spiritual needs. Shalomad Bi'atzmai Torah Im Kol Ha'am, he himself taught a whole nation Torah. V'loi Rakas Hilchas HaTorah, Sh'akol Chayavim Ladas, and he didn't just teach them practically speaking, the halacha that everybody is obligated to know. So that everybody would know what they should do and what they shouldn't do. But that wasn't the only thing that Mesha taught them. But he taught them the more um, abstruse, the more um, theoretic the pulpulim in Torah, the back and forth, the mental gymnastics of Torah. And this aspect of Torah, in a certain way, you could say it was given to Moshe and to his seed, like in other words, to, to people of his ilk, to the highest echelons, to the creme de la creme. But Moshe nag ba toibas ayim v'nasnali Yisrael. But Moshe shared it with, with a magnanimous largesse, he, he, with a generosity. He shared all of these more abstract and abstruse aspects of Torah with B'nai Yisrael. He loved them. He loved them so much, he gave them the depth. So that was Ruchnius, the Hain Kol Tzorcheim Agashmiim. And we know that he worried about all their material needs. Starting with the man that came down in his Miriam, And actually, even those things that B'nai Yisrael got in the schos of Aaron and Miriam, both Anane HaKavod and the Be'er Shal Miriam, 
But we're taught that after Aaron passed, after Moshe passed, so for a short while, the Be'er, the miraculous well of Miriam, also disappeared, as did the clouds of glory. But but they came back, Moshe brought them back in his chus. So he effectively took care of all of the needs of Bnei Yisrael. So it can't be that the Torah is trying to tell us that Moshe is lacking Avas Yisrael. But rather, but because of who Moshe was, because of his particular shlichus in this world, Nidrash Mimenu Oifen Hanhoga Ba'avas Yisrael Shalom Hashenem Hanhogas Ahare. And here we're going to get to the crux of the matter. But because of who Moshe was, because of his M.O., because of his shlichus, so his modality of Avas Yisrael had to be different than Aaron's. How? Dalit. And the explanation is as follows. Regarding the modality in which Aaron brought Shalom to people and to couples, Amru Chazal, Chazal teach, that in order to effectuate peace between people that had uh, fallen into a state of uh, argument or between a couple, he had to slightly change or tweak the truth. And this is understandably something that is not only permissible, but is um, the right thing to do, according to Torah. Like we learn in Yabamas in Gemara, that you're allowed to change, tweak, adjust, massage, uh, you know, the things in order to effectuate peace. Aval but when it comes to Meisher Beinu, midasai himidas ha emes. The mita of Meisher was emes. Vilachain oifin zeshalava shalom eno yacholis gayim boy. So because he is the mita of emes, Meisher emes, v'tayrasai emes. Maybe you know such a song. Therefore, he could not engage in this particular modality of peace brokering. And even though the um the instruction to slightly change for the for the purpose of peace is part of Tyra, it's part of Tyra's MS. However, We'll go back for uh, to the to the to the brackets in a second, but but let's go to the next paragraph. Hurry, safe, safe. But in the end, But yes, it's true that this is part of Teres Emes. It's not only permitted according to Allah, it is the right thing to do. But still and all, there's an obfuscation here. There's an eclipse, there's an helem of the truth. Now let's go back to the <clears throat> to the brackets. The Rebbe explains, is bar The Rebbe says, we've already spoken about this. In the footnote, you could see, which is, chazal. Rebbe parses the very, very specific words that Chazal use 
mutar lishanois. The word is to change. Shazel rak inishal shinoi. This is just something where you change, you tweak of a loy sheker chasvashalom, but it's not a lie. Hefach teres emes, because a lie would be the opposite of what teres emes allows us to do. But we all know that sometimes just by making a slight um, adjustment in the terminology or even in the order of what you say or how you say it, or maybe by not saying certain details, it can make all the difference. It's Lashanais. But the Rebbe says, but for Moshe, this was not Moshe's modality. Because in the end, there is a helam, there is a shrouding of Midas Ha'emes, and therefore, and so therefore, it's not appropriate for Moshe Rabbeinu. Generally speaking, yes, the Torah tells us to do this, but not for Moshe. This particular modality is very relevant to Aaron. Because his mida is chesed. And the Rebbe is now going to deepen this. When Moshe teaches B'nai Yisrael Torah, he imparts to them all of Torah, including this directive that you're permitted to make changes for the purpose of bringing peace. But when it comes to his personal comportment, to his personal life and his modality of his avoda, but when it comes to his madrega and his shlichus in this world, this is not relevant to him. And perhaps the Rebbe says we should add another layer. From the perspective of Moshe, the Rebbe says that maybe we could say that based on our understanding of where Moshe Rabbeinu was on his madrega, it's not shayach, it's not relevant that he should lower himself to those who are on a madrega that is so lowly that the only way that you could help them make peace is by changing the truth even slightly. In other words, the implication here is that the bigger person would be able to accept the truth, the unvarnished truth. But not everybody can. So Mitzad Moshe, this was not his avoda, Both because he's the Midas HaEmes and because he, he and his madre is not relating to those who need this approach, as it were. <clears throat> But there's more. Hey. 
But after we find and we know that both of these modalities, both the modality of Aaron and the modality of Moshe are Alpitera, and this is something, by the way, that we find in the Torah of the Rebbe consistently, that it's not this or that. It's always this and that. So both Moshe and Aaron's approaches are, are taught to us in the Torah. Move on. So it's understood that each one has something that the other doesn't have. Both are necessary. Both are exalted. Both are great. Both are modalities that we have to learn how to incorporate. So what is the particular virtue and the novel virtue of Moshe Rabbeinu? There's absolutely no veering, even in the slightest modicum, from truth. On the, on, on, on the other hand, there's a virtue in how Aaron comport himself. Shadafka al Yada, that and it's specifically through Aaron's behavior, It's only through Aaron's model that you can reach those that, yes, are lower, for whom you have to make some kind of adjustment to the truth. So each one has a mila, each one has a virtue from which we have to learn. And now it's understood why Aaron's spectacular virtue is underscored specifically when we're discussing Moshe's leave-taking from this world. Okay, alert. We're coming into some spectacularly gorgeous territory. For the duration of Moshe's life in this world, when he was completely immersed and invested in the fulfillment of his shlichus in this world, and so during that time, he was completely submerged and immersed and invested in his avodah. And his shlichus in this world, and his shlichus was that everything about what he did had to be one gazillion percent emes. Aval kasher man divaya al Moshe, but when it came the time that Moshe went up, el har nevoi, and he went up on a mountain nevoi. Achar shehishlim kfar shlichusay ba'elam hazeh v'haya muchan la'alais lemayla. After he finished his shlichus in this world, and he was ready to go up higher. Azai he gias manoi lahakir vilachush bimalash banhagas aran. Then came the time for him to recognize and to feel the virtue of Aran's um, behavior. Hamevia shalom lechol echad mi Yisrael that is able to bring peace to every person amongst Israel. Now the Rebbe brings in something 
that um, there's a lot of Hasidus about this. And, and this conjures um, the explanation regarding a very well-known uh, teaching in the Gemara that were taught regarding Rabbi Yechenem ben Zakkai, Samuch Lemisosai. Rabbi Yechenem ben Zakkai, just before he passed, he said the following, Eini Yedea, I do not know Be'ezu derech melichim isi. Rabbi Yechenem ben Zakkai said, I don't know if I'm going to Gan Eden, I'm going to Gehenim. I have no idea. <laughs> and everybody knows the well-known question on these words of Yechen ben Zakkai. How could it be? How is it possible? He was one of the biggest Tanoim. And Chazal wax um, on and on about his greatness and his spectacular greatness in many places. And for sure, he was meticulous and punctilious in staying away from anything that the Torah tells you not allowed to do and, and doing everything the Torah tells you to do. How is it possible that by this, Rabbi Yechon Bezakai, his Sophic, he actually had a doubt, a doubt was aroused in him? Really? He had a doubt about where he was going. And it's explained. And <clears throat> the Rebbe brings down in, in footnote 29, you could see all the places in Lukatitera. There's my Marim about this. And Although he was able to rely and he was he was sure that in regards to his manifest kreches, his avoida was complete. In other words, based on what he knew he was supposed to do, he had brought his shlichas to fruition. Mikal makay, but still in all, haya misupak, but he was he was in a state of doubt. On the level of Giluyim, on the level of what he knew about himself and his kaychais that the Abishta gave him and, and what he was supposed to do in this world. Yeah, that he was able to take inventory of that. And, and, uh, and he must have known that, that he did a good job. But Benegea to the etzem of his neshama, the aspects that, that are lemayla megiloi, that transcend exposure and revelation, he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. Did he do what he was supposed to do? Elashadayin ain't a but it's still, it's still not understood. Im haya etzle suffik aydis matzav etzem nafshay, if he was in a state of doubt regarding the etzem, atzmos of his nefesh, of his neshama, im hu nimtza b'matzav shel kedushay chas v'sham lahefech, if he's in a state of holiness, or God forbid the opposite, if really this was something that he was concerned with, lama hitzta'er alzeh rak samuch l'misasay. 
So why was he only worried about this? Why was he only in a state of angst very close to his death? Why wasn't he worried about this for the duration of his life? And one of the explanations for this is as follows. While he was alive, for the duration of his life, Rabbi Yechonin Bezakai was invested and completely immersed and submerged with every aspect of his being in fulfilling his shlichus in this world. Teaching, learning Torah for himself, teaching Torah to other people. He was very, he was a very, very busy Tana. And he didn't have any time and he didn't have any headspace and he didn't have any bandwidth to worry about his greatness. Why? Because he had to get his shlichus done. So he didn't have time to worry about where he stands. How is he doing vis-a-vis the essence of himself? So for those who are familiar with the with the with the um the the Mimer um Lysia Mishakela, it's it's you hear the echoes of that Mimer where the Rebbe cries and, and talks about how that you, you you can't take time out when when there's so much to do. The Dafka Samachliftirasai, but Dafka very, very near to his leave-taking, when his shlichus in this world was complete, then there was the possibility for him to contemplate what is the situation, what is his situation vis-a-vis etzem nafshei. And so the Rebbe says, bringing it back to Moshe and Aaron, Davka Samoch it was specifically adjacent to his, his death. After Moshe had completed his Shlichus in this world, only then arrived the time for him to contemplate the differences between his madriga and the avaida of Aaron, and only then did he recognize and feel the greatness of Aaron's avaida. And that's why this is spoken of and written about in Moshe's Torah in this way. It's specifically in the Psukim surrounding the leave taking of Moshe. That's where the greatness and the superiority of Aaron's Avoida vis-a-vis Moshe's is discussed. Vav. 
אבל ביר זה עדיין אינם מספיק. But this explanation is still not complete. Still not enough. כיוון שמידעסו של מישה היא מידעסו אמס, once we've established that the meat of Moshe's MS, הרי לכאורה אין שום נפקא מינה בזמן היסא למטה, ביסא עסוק, בשליחוסי בעלמדי, לאיס עמידסוי בסמוך לאליאס נשמסי למיילך. This should be no different. MS is MS. MS is spelled Aleph Mem Sof. The first letter, the middle letter, and the last letter. Consistent. That's, that's actually the definition of MS. So then, what's the difference between his time that he's in this world and when he's about to go up higher? It has to be consistent and it has to be constant and it has to be in every place that the meat of Moshe is MS. The Lama Nemar, so why are we learning that by his estalkos, when he left, that's when it was felt in the meat of Emes, the mile of Aaron. And it's possible to advance the following explanation, Alpi Chasidus. Toichen inin histalkos Moshe ain't a rock histalkos b'muvan gashmi. The leave-taking of Moshe Rabbeinu is not just about a physical movement, a physical leave-taking. That his soul took leave of his body. But rather, but rather it's also, and actually in the main, Histalkos va'alia ruchanis. We're talking about a leave-taking and an ascension in a spiritual form. Shenishmasai also limadrega nalis harbeyoser mizusha hisig b'meshechayab almadei. That Meisha Benu's neshama ascended to a madrega. That was much higher than the madriga that he had achieved during his lifetime in this world. And as the well-known explanation and commentary on the Pasuk that describes that Moshe went up, specifically on the mountain that Hashem told him to alight where he was going to die, on Har Nevoi, that Nevoi Nun Boy, that when you take the word nevoi, which is the name of the mountain, and you divide it, you get nun, 50, boy, 50 are in it. What does it mean? During his lifetime in this world, Moshe was able to acquire, he was able to reach, he was able to grasp 49 levels of bina. But on the day of his departure, he went up. We're talking here not just literally, but allegorically, he went up to the 50th level. 
says we might say that this is the innermost understanding of the words Vaya'al Moshe. It's not just the Moshe ascended a mountain. In Yanashal Moshe Hu. So what was during his lifetime the Indian of Moshe, the modality of Moshe? It was about Hamshacha. It was about drawing down Milmaila Lamata from above, downward into this world. And that's why Moshe is referred to as Shushbina de Malka. Um, just like when you go to the Chuppah, you have interferers, you have the people who accompany the Hasan and Kala to the Chuppah. So it says that by Matan Moshe was a Shushbina de Malka. Moshe Benu accompanied Hashem, the Melech. Moshe is the one who brought the Torah down. Moshe received the Torah at Sinai, the Pirkei Avis, and, 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 and imparted it to everybody else. In contradistinction, what is the modality of Aaron? Who? Shushbina de Matrus Nisa. Aaron is called the accompaniment, the, shush, the shushbina of the matron, meaning Knesset Yisrael. So as Hashem and Knesset Yisrael met under the chuppah, Moshe accompanied Hashem, and Aaron accompanied B'nai Yisrael. Hu ha-madlik es Another way we see the difference is, what was the avoid of Aaron to kindle and to have go up the lights of the menorah, right? Famously, and Rashi says, you have to light them until they go up on their own, right? Flames light on their own. So Moshe is about Hamshacha milmaila lamata, and Aaron is about milmata lamaila. Until the flame goes up of its own. And what does this mean spiritually speaking? Shemale es neshamais Yisrael ner Hashem nishmas Adam sheyamdu b'matzav shel aliyah l'sharsham u'mikayim. That Aaron's avoda is to establish the situation of the neshamais Yisrael that they should be in a state of ascension to their source. U'biyayim p'tirasay. When, when Moshe was about to pass, Nisala Moshe Limaila Mimadre Gosai. Okay, so on the day of his passing, Moshe went higher than his MO of the whole lifetime, higher than his modality, than his Bechina, than his Kav. He went higher than his Shlichus. Through this, that he took on, that it was effectuated in him, also the superior quality of Aaron. And that's what it says about Moshe Benu, Vaya'al Halo'a Milmata Lamaila. During his lifetime, Moshe Benu was all about Milmaila Lamata. But then on the day that he passed, Vaya'al Moshe Milmata Lamaila. 
kashur lemasha zocha az l'shar hanun. And this is connected to the fact that at that moment, he was zeicha to the 50th level of Bina. B'meshach yimei chayav kishahi sa'avaydes Moshe mudgeres lefimi doso yomadrei gosto shal Moshe. During the course of his lifetime, when his avoida was contained within his mida and his madreka, as exalted as it might be, he'iru etzloi kol aval rak mem bina. He was only able to achieve 49 of the 50 levels. Omispar memtes. And the number 49, Chassidus explains that the number for the natural course of this, uni- of this universe is seven. And then we have all kinds of cycles and seven times seven, right? So during his lifetime, it was still contained within the parameters and the constraints of the world, of his madrega, as exalted as it might be. But when, immediately before his passing, he went into the modality of going upwards, taking leave of his parameters, of his norm, of what we would call today our comfort zone. He came into a place where his avoida wasn't constrained and wasn't limited, even within his holy, holy nature, Midas Ames. meaning it wasn't contained rock It wasn't only about pulling down from above to below. But rather, he also embraced the modality of Aaron of raising from below upward. This is connected and this led that he should be able to get the 50th highest level of Bina, which is higher than any kind of limitation. And, and we have to understand how this relates to Abbas Yisrael and bringing peace. Because on that day of his leave taking from this world, his Avaita was in the modality of Vaya'al ascension. Which is Madregas Aaron, which is really Aaron's modality. Only then was he able to feel, recognize the uniqueness and the greatness of Aaron's modality. And Zion, Vishloimar. <laughs> It's, it's such unbelievable how the Rebbe always prefaces with Yesh Leimar. Like, prefaces, uh, uh, maybe. Look at, look at this Anivas. Shemikol Hanal, based on everything we learned above, 
We learned another great thing concerning Moshe Rabbeinu's Abbas Yisrael. Look at this. In these psukim, concerning his histalkos, his leave-taking, he himself says, because... If you look at footnote uh, 41, the Chabad brings down uh, the taste face in Megillah Lamed Aleph Beis, that, because there's different opinions, and we actually just did uh, a little bit, we talked about this uh, now in Chitas and Rashi, about who wrote the last few psukim, right? So the, it's explained that Moshe Rabbeinu, Mipi Atzmai, Baruch HaKadosh, he wrote these last psukim. Umadgish es shal And what does he do? He underscores Aaron's greatness. We should learn how deep, how broad has to be the Indian of Avas Yisrael. Notwithstanding Moshe's own great Avas Yisrael, and surely Moshe Rabbeinu's Avas Yisrael became greater and greater because Malin Bakoidesh, because we're always going higher. So certainly Moshe Rabbeinu's Avas Yisrael evolved and deepened and broadened. Just as he went upward and higher in all in Yanim of Kedusha. Notwithstanding this, it's still not enough. But you have to go in Aaron's ways. To run after peace, to bring peace, to effectuate peace between people and between a woman and her husband. I don't know. This sicha touched me in a very, 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 very deep place. It's just, just so spectacularly beautiful. Tipa, you wanna you wanna turn off the recording so we could bring a little. <laughs>